Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome back to the view from the ninny the Cardiff City based podcast all the way from London um, This is the second in our series of podcasts we're calling Lockdown Legends uh, You'll find out why a bit later but first it's time to introduce my co-host all the way down the line from the other side of London. It's Tom Phillips. Tom, how are you? Very, very well, Benjamin. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Week 73 of lockdown. Um, how are you finding it this week? What have you been doing? Um, not doing much, I must admit. Just kind of sitting around thinking about going to the Euros. Or I could have been going to the Euros, going to Holland for the, the, pre, the pre-tournament game as well. Yep. Can't do that. So, so we I don't know why I said I'm very, very well, actually. That's no. Absolute rubbish. Just felt like we something were, I should say. We were meant to be on a flight on Saturday morning. We were recording this on Thursday. Uh, Saturday morning from Stansted. It was at 6am to go to Holland. Plenty um, of time in Eindhoven then before going to Plenty of time in Eindhoven. Go to, the, go to the game and then have a bit of a night out and fly back the next day at 6pm. I think it was that 36 hours, basically, in, in Holland for the Wales game. Um, nice amount. Yeah, a really nice amount. I was, I'd forgotten that we were doing that, actually, because I was going to go to a festival tomorrow, a Wide Awake Festival, I think it was called, in um, Gunnersbury Park. And then I was going to be going to Holland on Saturday. So I'd have been a right state come Sunday. <laughs> well, at least well, I had a flight then on Tuesday to Azerbaijan, which I still don't, don't have my money back for. I was going to say, what's the status on refunds? I was, I was speaking to you today about our refund for the Holland flight. I've put my application in, but I've seen a lot of kind of ire on Twitter from Welsh fans about the kind of pot, uh, the, the, the state of refunds and not, not getting them. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, same state, haven't got them, haven't heard anything about it. Um, they've put an online form up now, which is nice of them. Just, I think that's, that's just good. to lull you into thinking that you might get some You might get your money back. But, you know, it looks like we've got progress on um, getting our money back for the Holland flight, but that was £25.98. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that's the thing. Well, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, I, I'm really happy. Oh, not really happy. I'm like, obviously really sad that everything's been cancelled, but at least I'll get a nice lump sum of some money back because it had been, you know, like 
tickets to games, festival tickets, whatever, flights, everything, hotels. So far, I've, I've had all my festivals and all the, the gigs I had paid for have all just moved to later in the year. So I haven't had any of that money back. Um, it took me about a month to get 90 quid back from the hotel we meant to be staying in in Holland. And I got 26 quid coming back from the Holland. So I've, I've got back a really nice 115 pounds that I've already that, spent. Mate. Already spent. <laughs> I bought a bike for 115 quid. Already spent it. Waste. You're never going to use waste. it. Um, I well, and I can't at the moment because it's got um, needs a new tire. Um, anyway, that's by the by. But today, what you're going to be listening to in a bit, dear listeners, is a podcast with uh, a bit of a Cardiff legend, uh, one of the the best strikers we've seen in recent years. Um, I think the the only Cardiff City player ever to be called up to the full England squad. Um, Jay Bothroyd, a man who's currently plying his trade in Japan for Hokkaido Consadole Sapporo. Got it right that time. Um, he's been in Japan for sort of five years now. And um, it, was, it was an illuminating conversation, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, it was. Like, he didn't hold back on anything. Um, no. And, and like, just stuff we haven't heard before from him, really, about like different teammates, uh, different eras at the club. And just like how, how he came to us and why he came and things like that. It, was, it really was like a really interesting chat. Yeah, and I think, what were your memories of Jay when, obviously, during that period as a, as a fan? When we say he's a legend, like, I felt like at the time, there's people who didn't appreciate what he did. Yeah. And I think, like, maybe in hindsight, when people look back and the kind of, we've been crying out for striking partnerships and any sort of striker for years now. I think a lot of people didn't realise what we had till it, till it was gone. So I think in hindsight, people see him as a legend. But back at the time, I loved watching him, but then there was plenty yeah. of people around me who didn't. Um but he was it, a bit it like was Marmite, to, wasn't we, he? Yeah, we spoke to him about that as well, about his reputation yeah. of being lazy and stuff. And it, he's, I mean, when, when we look back at since he's gone, since he left, which is what, 2011, I think we've, the way we've played has cried out for a striker exactly like him. Someone yeah. who can kind of, he could, he could win flick-ons, but he could also do it himself on the floor and get onto balls, create, create chances himself and, and make his own goals. So, you know, that, I mean, the, the goals that stand out in my mind are that strike against QPR where he, you know, oh, yeah, made it out of nothing really and absolutely slammed it into the far corner off the bar and I think we we, we re- I think we've slowly realised since he's left or we, we may have realised even sooner than, than that that he was exactly the striker we needed and exactly the striker we probably need now yeah 100% we need something like him now and talking about like goal against QPR I don't think we even mentioned it because like no. it was, he said so much about other things that we hadn't did. like we've seen that goal yeah. God knows how many times it didn't, we didn't need to bring it up because I don't know, he just, just seemed to fill about an hour of chat with fascinating oh, anecdotes. Right yeah, there. and I think that's it. I think, you know, there's, I won't, we won't spoil it for you, but, you know, you can, you can expect to hear about the Blackpool game. You can expect to hear about what actually happened the day before Middlesbrough, his opinion on other teammates, kind of how, like we said, how he signed for Cardiff and how he's being treated at Wolves. And even the, 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 you know, the England opportunity, I don't think we, we've heard too much about how that call, call came about and, and everything else. So, well, we won't go into too much detail. We'll let you just enjoy the interview, which is obviously coming next. But I think one thing we haven't discussed in this intro and what we'll do quickly now before we let you get into the Jay Bothroyd interview is the return of the championship. 20th of June, uh, football's coming back in some form, um, whether it's behind closed doors or whatever else. Tom, what do you think? Are you excited to get promotion? Yeah, it's inevitable, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, Neil, Neil Harris taking us up. Yes, yeah, so I had a look at the odds. I think we're four to one to um, be um, to be promoted. I Is that four to one to be promoted? Four to four to one to get playoffs. Yeah. Um, so that's like printed money, really, isn't it? Exactly. So, I put I put my life savings down, which eight quid. 
yeah, all the refund money. <laughs> all the refund money. It's gone on the bike and it's gone on that. So I think, yeah, I think obviously that's something we'll get to next week. I think we're we're gonna we're planning a bit of a preview program. Um, we'll 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 start. I th- I don't really know what the fixture list is, but I know that the get the last game we were meant to have played before it all got suspended was against Leeds. But I don't know if that's the first game. There's a lot of kind of I think negotiation to be done around substitute squad sizes that kind of thing so i think we'll um we'll touch on that in the next podcast but uh until then we'll just uh say goodbye for now goodbye tom uh goodbye and uh here's jay bothroyd for your pleasure the view from the ninny right so welcome to the second in the series of podcasts we're calling lockdown legends obviously we're all stuck in lockdown and we're talking to to former Cardiff city players who um you know who We've had an impact on the club, shall we say. And um, it gives me great pleasure to say that um, this week we're joined by, uh, well, all the way from the other side of the world in, in reality, by uh, Jay Bothroyd. Jay, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, we're, we're stuck in lockdown in London, um, so I just wondered how, how things are over there. I know that you, you said the season's starting soon, so you're kind of gearing up for that? Yeah, so we went back to training um, the beginning of the last week. Um, our season's going to start on the 4th of July. So, you know, we're going to, we're, we're training now with a team. Last week it was just, we was training like sevens um, and then we was on time slots. But now obviously we're back training all together and then, you know, preparing for, you know, the second game of the season. The second game. So you, you had one game, the season was cancelled, they got the second yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we had, we had one cup game and we had one league game and then obviously the season got cancelled. So, yeah. Who's that first game against? We played a team called uh, Racer. Uh, oh, yeah. We lost, actually. It was, yeah, we, it was one of them games, actually, where we could have won, but we, we made some mistakes and we ended up losing. But that's football. It's only in the second game, you know. So, you know, we got, we had a lot, we got a lot of time to work on some stuff and then hopefully <laughs> yeah. we can go on a little run now because we, we're going to have, like, a championship fixture list because we're going to be playing... Our, our season... We've got a full season to play in six months, basically. Wow. Yeah, and we've got, how, two, how long, we've got two cups and, yeah. and uh, the league game. How many games is the Japanese season? I can't remember how many teams are in the league. Yeah, it's 30, 34. 34. 34. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, what the championship's facing over here now, I think I worked out the maths, is with the playoffs, it's 12 games in 40 days. So it's going to be... Um, yeah. It sounds like it's getting hectic for everyone across the world when it comes to football. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... I think that they've, they've changed the rules as well. I think you can have five subs now instead of three and stuff like that. So Yeah, match day squad to 20. That, yeah, I think they can that'll take a little bit of pressure off the, off the players. Um, but again, I think it's going to be the teams, you know, with the best squads, isn't it? You know, Exactly. Not, not all the smaller... The smaller teams don't have big, deep squads, you know, and I think that's going to be a big thing for us now. Yeah, and I think, I think you, we've seen it already with um, Charlton, for example, have said that they're they're unhappy with things because they've got 22, 23 players, but they've got people like Lyle Taylor who are refusing to play because they're looking at big transfer moves. And I think that could cause, I think there's going to be some stuff behind the scenes that we don't necessarily see that might cause clubs issues. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone's going to have issues, isn't it? Just how you deal with it. Um, yeah. You know, players are going to have their own issues and then their own agendas, especially when they're doing well. And, yeah. you know, clubs, clubs have their same agendas as well. Um, but, you know, it's something that we got to deal with. It's a new, it's going to be a new normal. Um, and you and you got to do it as best as possible for yourself, and 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 the club have to do deal with it for themselves as well. If it just uh, I know this is a, kind of an aside, but if you were in the same position as someone like Lyle Taylor, kind of how how would you approach it? Obviously, he's at the end of his contract; he's got potential big move coming up. Would you would you have similar worries to him, or would would you kind of just try and get on with it as best you can? I mean, 
I mean, it depends if Charlton are playing for something. Um, yeah. Depends on what kind of, you know, it, does he have a, a good repertoire with the with the fans, with the club? Does he love the club? Is he one of those like homegrown boy? You know, um, I mean, I can understand from his point of view. Obviously, if he's got a big move coming, then you know, he ain't going to want to get injured to to spoil yeah. that move. Um, so I can understand it from his point of view, but you know, there's always his point of view and the club's point of view. And you know, for me, I would probably be selfish to the fact that you know I want to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to earn more money. Um, and especially if Charlton are not playing for nothing, then yeah, I'd, I'd look out for myself. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's quite you know, it's a fair <clears throat> position for him to take. I think they're 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 at the, they're towards the bottom, but I don't know. How, how in danger they are so I think it, if if, it, yeah. if it's his last big move or whatever else then he's got to take that chance right yeah I mean I think I think he has to and you know and, uh, listen Charlton are always if he, you know he's one of the best players right Charlton's always yeah. going to have their agenda like I said and he's got his agenda and you know he's looking out for himself and the club are looking out for themselves you know it's, yeah. but at the end of the day if the player just says I'm not playing you know, and, and his contract's up. Did you, did you say his contract's up? Yeah, his contract's up. Yeah, he's coming to the end of his deal. I mean, what can, what can Charlton really do? Well, no, exactly. Their hands are tied somewhat. You know, all they can, all they can do is find him. And just, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if I'm him, you can find me all day long as long as I get my move, which, is, you know, is probably going to happen, especially in a free transfer. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Let's get on with the questions that we've got. So I think obviously we the opening question we've got is is around uh, you left the UK in 2014, and I suppose many fans might not have been keeping up with what you're doing. So um, I know you've been out in in Asia for a few years, but I just kind of wondered what what the pathway was to getting over there and and how you found it. No, I mean the 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 option came up. You know, my agent let me know, and he he said to me, you know, this team are interested in you, and I was like, to be honest, I I was quite interested in Asia. When I went um, there with preseason with QPR, and you know I got to see the fans and the stadiums and whatnot, and even though it wasn't in Japan, you know I got to see a part of Asia that I've never seen seen before. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of got got me excited, and that's when I decided, you know, why, why not? Um, I've been one for that really. I've never been. You know, I don't like to follow the crowd. I always like to do what I want to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've I've been out here now for. Um, four and a half years four and a half years yeah something like that and you know I think it's one of the best things I've done to be honest I've it's, it's been great for myself great for my for my career um, it's been very enjoyable um, you know I think the last the last English player to come and play out here was Gary Lineker yeah um, so you know I'm happy that I'm over here flying the flag um, still playing week in week out and training you know every day um, and I'm enjoying it still so you know I say I always said, you know, once if if I lose, you know, the love of the game and my body stops doing what what my mind wants it to, then you know that's when I call it a day. But you know, at the moment, I'm still training, I'm still playing, and I'm I'm loving it. I'm, I'm enjoying football every day. Yeah. Did you did you ever anticipate that the move would would you know take you to your fifth year in Japan? Um, was it something you saw as a long term, or did you not really think about that when you took the move? I don't think you really think about that, you know. I don't think you really think about how long you're going to be at a club when you first go there. I think, you know, you just got to work hard and make the most of it and take each day at a time. And, you know, that's what I've been doing. And then, you know, now I've been here four and a half years, you know, time's kind of gone really quick. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's been enjoyable. 
and I'm still enjoying it. You know, I don't feel homesick. You know, if anything, I, you know, I quite like the way the league is set up now. You know, it's a calendar year. So, mm-hmm. you know, where I used to have like the summers off, now I get the winters off. So I get okay. to spend, you know, my family time at Christmases, New Year's, mm-hmm. you know, it's my, one of my son's birthdays on, uh, you know, the end of May. So I get to spend that with him as well. Whereas, you know, sometimes you can be in a hotel on Christmas Eve and, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So it, it's working out good for me and, you know, I'm enjoying it. Have you got um, plans post-playing? Are you planning on staying out in Asia? Are you, uh, you got managerial ambitions, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I always get asked this question. Uh, to be honest, I don't really have any managerial ambitions. You know, I've done my coaching. I'm doing my coaching badges just in case. But at the moment, I don't really have any burning desire to be a manager. You know, I love the game and I've dedicated my, you know, most of my life to the game. Um, but I think if I was to be a manager, I'd probably want to be a manager out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, kind of see where that takes me. But... At the moment, I'm not really thinking about being a manager because I'm still concentrating on playing. Um, you know, I, like I said, I like to take each day as it comes. You know, I don't want to plan too far ahead. Um, you know, that's not to say that I don't have other businesses on my mind and other interests on my mind, but, you know, I'm fully focused on football still. I mean, if, if, we, if, if you know, we're a Cardiff City podcast, so it would be remiss of us not to go back to the start when you joined Cardiff in 2008. So that was kind of... Um... During the research for this podcast, there was always those reports that you chose us over Hull. You kind of came to us, and I saw you talking on the Arsenal Fan TV podcast about Dave Jones kind of giving you the call and saying, "You know, come and play for me." So, like, was that was it that Dave Jones phone call that made you pick Cardiff, and how was the club sold to you in general? Because I think at that time we were in a bit of a weird transition going from Minion Park to the new stadium. So I'm just curious as to what happened. Yeah, it was. To be honest, yeah, I just remember, like, obviously, I was getting treated like shit by Mick McCarthy. I mean, to be honest, I don't even, I don't even like to speak about it, but I have to because, you know, that's the situation I came from. Yeah. Um, but I mean, him aside, you know, I kind of, I enjoyed Wolves the first, mm-hmm. especially the first season. It was good, but then, you know, he 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 changed his way of playing, and you know, he's wanting to be me to be a target man, stay in the centre. Know, get flick-ons and all this kind of stuff and it, and I believe that a manager the players the managers a player if I'm a manager and I sign a player it's because I know his qualities and I think he can sit and fit into my system I'm not going to yeah. sign a player and try and teach him to do something completely different to what he's good at mm-hmm. um, and the first season he kind of let me play the second season he started you know asking me to do things that yeah I could do but that wasn't getting the best out of me and yeah. you know, then he started fucking around with, you know, taking my squad number off me and making me get changed with the kids, making me come back in the afternoons with Tony Daly and just train by myself and run around the pitch alone and all that kind of rubbish. And to me, he was trying to break me. Yeah. But for me, I've always been mentally strong. I've always believed in myself and my ability. So for me, you know, the only way I could get back at him without upsetting him and getting myself fined was just to go in there with a smile on my face and the way I looked at it was, you know, I'm doing all this hard work now for my, for my next team. And I'm mm-hmm. going to go where I want to go, not where you want me to go. So, you know, it wasn't a case of, I didn't want to, I want to go to Hull, but I wanted to go somewhere that suited me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that morning I was driving to Wolves on the way to training. Um, and then, you know, a private number calls me and I'm like, I don't, to be honest, I don't really, I don't normally answer private numbers. 
Um, but I thought, I don't know why, I just I answered it anyway. And he's like, hello, this is Dave Jones. And I'm like, I, it didn't it didn't resonate with yeah, me. Yeah. So I'm like, who? I don't, I don't yeah. know, no, Dave, uh, Dave Jones, Sky Sports? That kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was thinking, who's this guy? And then uh, he says, no, Dave Jones, Cardiff City. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's got, he's like, oh, I've got permission to talk to you. And I said, who gave you that permission then? <laughs> and he was like, um, I'm the club. And I said, all right then. And he said, listen, I want you to come. I want you to come to Cardiff. I want, I want to sign you. And I was like, all right. He said, why don't you, why don't you turn the car around, get yourself down there, and have a chat with us. Let me show you around and and, and speak to us, and we'll just go from there. So, you know, I turned my. You know, like I said, I, I turned off the next junction and, and got myself down to Cardiff. And you know, I met him and Wilco and and Terry Burton. And mm-hmm. Terry Burton's someone that's affiliated with Arsenal. I think he's at Arsenal yeah. now. Yeah, he's a coach. And um, yeah, so like I was always kind of I, I knew about Terry and I met him before, and you know I was fond of him, and I knew that what his training sessions would be all about, and. I remember playing against Cardiff a few times and I remember thinking they got some talented players and, mm-hmm. you know, they always beat us. I never, I never went to Ninian and won, I don't think. Um, yeah. So I remember thinking that's the kind of team that I could go to and, and flourish. Um, from when I got down there, I stayed down there. I didn't go back mm-hmm. home for like three months. <laughs> and, you know, the missus and, you know, was, was coming down and staying in the Vale <laughs> of the yeah, yeah. Morgan with me. and Bringing you, you new know, clothes. Yeah, yeah, just bringing my clothes and stuff, and I wasn't, I wasn't really going back to the going back to the Midlands, um, and and that's how it kind of went. And I just, I just remember saying to myself, like he said, listen, you know, you you've got a real chance here, you know, and you know, I, I wanna, I want, and and you, you need to be successful with the ability you've got. You need to be, you know, doing much more than you're doing. But in my mind, I was, I was always thinking that, you know, when I get that, once I got out of Wolves, I was thinking, right, the next place I go to. I need to make myself indispensable. Yeah. That was my first thought. It wasn't, you know, I want to win something or, you know, I want to score such and such goals or, you know, anything like that. It was just, I want to make myself indispensable where, you know, I'm going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was, a, I think it was like a international break or something was happening. And uh, I, w- I think we paid, I think we played Southampton the first game, but I remember I was training and I was training really well. And then we, I think we played Southampton. That home. was the first home game, yeah. Yeah, and and he put me on the bench, and I was like, straight away that pissed me off. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've been smashing it in training. Yeah. And then he put me on the bench, and he was like, listen, don't worry about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start you on the bench, and you know, just just keep you keep doing what you're doing, kind of thing. I was like, right, and I remember. I came on for like the last 20 minutes and I think I nearly scored. Um, and then, you know, step by step, I, I worked my way into the starting 11 and then, you know, I just stayed there. Yeah. Um, but, it, 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 you know, it, I think the reason why Dave Jones is great and I think, you know, he got credit, but then he got hammered as well. I think that he, he what he done was, I think he turned a lot of players' careers around. You know, I think so, yeah. Myself, Chops, Wits, you know, um, he brought in Maka, you know, he, and he gave us a platform. And I think his biggest quality was his man management. Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. No, I think when when he left, I think a lot of people look back at, uh, and this is probably something we'll touch on a bit later, but it's just comment for now. Like he, he people look back at his reign as a failure. But I think 
you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't think it's fair to judge it like that because I think he he brought us so much good football and he took us so close season on season, gave us the FA Cup final, that kind of stuff. And I think it's unfair to look at it in that kind of that narrow view, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. At the end of the day, you know, he, he signs the players, he picks a team, but yeah. players have to go out and perform. And, you know, we didn't always do that. Um, and, you know, it's easy to blame the manager, but I think players have to take responsibility as well sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you briefly mentioned Indian Park earlier on. Um, how did you find playing there? Did you like playing in old school grounds like that or you more of a modern stadium man? To be honest, I love Ninian. And like it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great pitch. It had like a big like a kind of like the camber, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a great pitch. And but one thing about Ninian, it was a fortress. And like no one liked coming there. No one liked coming to play us. And that was kind of an advantage we had. I mean, I could literally reach out and then touch fans like from the from the foreign line on the court. You know, and, and that was great. And um, and teams didn't like to come and play there. And, you know, I remember one game in particular when we played Arsenal in the Cup. I think it was, was it 0-0 or 1-1 or something like that? Yeah. But we could have beaten them that day. And, um, you know, that's one of the best sides in the world coming to play us. And that just shows you how, you know, much of a fortress it was. And, you know, it was a great atmosphere. Obviously, it didn't hold as much as the stadium holds now, but it it was a good atmosphere. You know, it was always jumping. Um and I really enjoyed playing there, to be honest. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I scored some good goals there. We had some good performances there. Um, but, you know, to to go to the, the new stadium, I think I was just excited to go to the new stadium. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think it has the same kind of buzz. You know, it's like Highbury and then Emirates. You know? Yeah. You know, even though Emirates has got, I don't know, 60,000 or 65,000, 70,000. You know, it, 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 you didn't have the same kind of buzz as Highbury, even though it was like 35,000. And, you know, that, that that's kind of where I am. You know, I, I loved Ninian and it was a great atmosphere. Um, but, you know, you always want to play in big stadiums. Or, hmm. is, is, am I right in saying that where you're playing at the moment is the, the Dome Stadium, right? It's like the in, in, inside stadium. Yeah. Yeah, what's that like? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I always remember it's it from the World Cup. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing stadium, to be fair. It's like probably one of the best stadiums I've played in. And I get to play yeah. there every week. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing was about the stadium, it's funny because cause it's a dome. Mm. Believe it or not, it kind of takes some use, getting used to because... Imagine. Is the you air don't no, You don't have no fresh air. Yeah. So like, you know, at the beginning, it's like... <gasps> like that. But then <laughs> yeah. when you get used to it, you know, it, you know it's normal. But for other teams to come here, you know, it's difficult for them as well because, you know, yeah. they have to get used to it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic stadium. Um, you know, the facilities are great. Um, the pitch is great. You know, it's, you know, I mean, we get like 35,000 in there, 40,000 sometimes. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good city to play in. Yeah, so I remember that stadium was, I think it was where Beckham scored the penalty against Argentina in 2002. Yeah, so it's yeah, always yeah. like one of those... Someone said to me, Someone said to me, like, oh, you're the, you, the last person to score in this stadium was David, the last English person to score in this stadium was David Beckham. And then obviously you did, so. It's <laughs> a good little accolade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming back to that first season at Cardiff, obviously you talked about kind of, we, we missed out on the playoffs by a goal. Um, I think, how disappointing was that end of the season for, for you and the players? Because I think obviously we had 
the end of Ninian Park, we missed out on the playoffs by the smallest of margins. It kind of it must have been a bit yeah. killer. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I remember being really disappointed. I remember being disappointed as well because obviously I was a forward and we missed out by a goal. And you know, being a forward, you you know, you want to score goals. You you want your team to score goals, and yeah. you know, missing out by a goal. You know, I kind of looked at that, and I think the other forward players did as well. You know, maybe we could have done better. And but you know, my goal was to be make myself indispensable. And mm-hmm. that's what I ended up doing in the first season. So I was kind of happy with my overall contribution in that respect. But as a as a team player, you know, I was disappointed that we didn't get into the playoffs. And I remember, like, it was good. It was a good banner as well. But I remember Roger Johnson always used to, like, you know, it used to be, you know, it, it, if we lost, you know, it, if it was nil-nil, he'd say, we kept a clean sheet. You know, the fours didn't score yeah, yeah. in the media. He would say that. And, you know, if we if we scored like two goals and, you know, they let, you know, the defence let in three goals, we would say, listen, we've we done our job. The defence didn't. And we was kind of going back and forward like that. So when we missed out on goal, by goal difference, you know, I kind of took it in a way that we, we you know, we, sh- we should have scored more goals, you know. I think, I don't know how many I scored that year. I think it was like 10 or 12 or something. I don't I know. It was 12, but, yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, after all the games, I'm scoring a bit more. Um, yeah. So that's the way I kind of looked at it. But I think overall for the club, it, it was a bit disappointing. But I think that was the start of something. Yeah. You know, people look at it like a disappointment, but I looked at it like, okay, that was the start of something, you know. We we acquired some good players. We had some, you know, we had some experienced players. And, you know, the next season we brought on that again, which, mm-hmm. was, which was good. Um so, yeah, I mean, to your question, I think we were disappointed, but I think for myself personally, I was, I was happy that I made myself indispensable that season. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you talk about the, the band he had with Roger Johnson. Do you ever give him stick for that? Um, was it the 6-0 loss at Preston? Because I think, obviously, that was kind of like Not one to, of those to, days. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I have to be honest with you. That, I mean, that game there was just one of the weirdest games. Yeah, because they had six shots on goal when they scored six goals. Scored all six goals, and, right? Like, we we couldn't we couldn't score. Like we hit the post, we hit the crossbar, we we done everything. We just couldn't score. Um, but the funniest thing for me with that one was because we flew to the game, mm-hmm. and I remember like um, we was like all buzzing. We was on the plane going up there and everything. And I remember the game because Sparky scored the, <laughs> one of the best own goals. Yeah, I remember the like, goal. And I remember because I was. I mean, this is. I was I was on the halfway line. Obviously, the game was lost. But I remember, like, he scored that goal, and like, he's he he he, he dive, diving head up. <laughs> he laid on the floor, and he had his head hands like that. And I remember St. Ledger. I think it was his name, St. Ledger. Yeah. He went something like that. Was a hell of a finish like that. And he had me crying with laughter on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> about the halfway line, and I like, I remember when we was going back, like I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. I was on the, I was on the tarmac walking to the plane. I just couldn't. You know, as much as like, I was, I was pissed off that we lost. Like in that kind of way, like that kind of resonated in my mind. And like that, that, that thought of Mark Kennedy scoring that goal will, ne- will never leave me. It was just like, you know, like you said, it was a great finish. You know, if you score that as a forward, <laughs> you'll be like, wow, that was an amazing goal. In in that first season, you said you made yourself indispensable. We played with the likes of Eddie Johnson, McCormack, Chopra. Everyone remembers your. Um, partnership with Chops was it an instant fit yeah. or did it take a bit of work and training to get that partnership going to be honest it, it didn't really it, it just seemed to it, one thing about Chops especially you know in that season there he he was like sharp 
you know, mm-hmm. you could win it. You know, sometimes I would just flick it on and I wasn't even aiming for him, but he would turn my flick on. It, it would make my flick on look like a pass to him. He was that sharp. He was ready. He was always alert and he was always concentrating. And, you know, it, it things seemed to just ha- happen pretty easy for me and him. It's like, I'm, you know, I played with him at the younger England levels and, he, and trained with him and things like that. When he came, the link-up play was always really good. You know, if he went short, I went long. If I went long, he went short, you know, that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was really good. And we, we fed off each other in a, in a really good way. And that was the start of our partnership together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he scored some fantastic goals. And like I said, he was he was like, I'd, I'd call him a poacher. You know, there's yeah. no other way to describe him. You know, he's not, he, he, he wasn't technically great. He wasn't great at anything else, really. But he he could if you put that ball around the box, outside the box, in the box, you know, anything like that. He he was you know a poacher and he would finish it. He wasn't one of them forwards that needs like three four chances. You know, you give him one, he, he can nick a goal for you. And that yeah. first season, and even the second season, he he was on he was on fire. Yeah, I think in that second season, obviously, um, it was it was one of the more, the more famous games against Swansea, um, and I think it was like it was a point you made there about your header's always finding him. You you've that that home win where he scored in the ninety fourth minute, your header for this first goal where you took a clattering in the process. Um, yeah, yeah. You seem to get you got. I think was it the keeper or someone just caught you in the head or maybe Ashley Williams. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't just, know who it was, but someone. I remember someone smashing me, and I just yeah. I was on the floor, and then I just heard like an ovation, and I was like, you know, what happened? <laughs> who scored? <laughs> You know, and it, was, it, it, it seemed like one of the, like you said one of those headers. You put your head in, got there, and Chopper just got on the end of it. But those yeah, Swansea yeah, games, yeah. I think we had we had those three seasons of those Swansea games where we had the you know the the, the three in that first season, two in the second season, and then obviously the Bellamy one in the, the the final season. What were those games like as as players? I mean, they're, I, I think them derbies go underrated, man. Um, but for me, they're one of the best derbies. I'm yeah. sure. You know, and and the thing is. When we were when we would have interviews and that we'd you know I'm sure Ashley Williams and some of their players you know they would be giving us banter we'd be giving them banter in the in the paper just openly you know saying <laughs> things about them they'd be saying things about us you know it, it was always kind of the back and forth but they was a good team um, and you know we we um, they was that good we we end up you know trying to change the way we played to 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 get the better of them. them yeah. Yeah, to contend with them, but there's some good individuals. I think was it Martinez was the manager the first time around. Yeah, um, he he had them playing. He had them playing really good football. They were scoring goals. They kept possession really well, and you know we ended up kind of play, just playing like a kind of a counter attack. Mm-hmm. You know, staying like solid and compact, and then and then counter attacking. But them games were always really good. Um, it was a good test. It was physical. The crowd was always you know back and forth with one another, you know, it, it was really, it was really, they're the kind of games you want to play in. Yeah. You know, them, them kind of big games where it's end to end, it's physical, you know, that yeah, the three points are on the line, but there's something else on the line, you know, which is, you know, the pride. Yeah. And, you know, you want to do it for yourself, the club, but, you know, you want to do it for the fans as well. The fans were great all the time. Yeah, what was what was that kind of chopper is what a ninety fourth minute winner? What was that like as a, a celebration? I, I yeah, remember man, the video was, still sticks in memory. Yeah, no, Chops went crazy, didn't he? But I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Chops is Chops, like I said, you know, Chops is not like an all round what I would call forward, but he was great at being the poacher. You know, he was kind of like you know, if you describe and you say he's like a you know Andy Cole type player, you know, like that. You know, you wouldn't say he's like 
a great all-round player, but what he does, the way he feeds off people and anticipates where the ball is going to be and, you know, finishing with his left foot, his right foot, his head, whatever yeah. it is. He was great at that. And that's what he does. He sniffed out half chances. So, yeah, I got the header and I got clattered, but he was the one that sniffed it out, got onto it and put it away. And, hmm. you know, that was, that, was a, that was a great finish. And, you know, I see, you know, I always watch that celebration. It's funny, man. He's <laughs> yeah, rolling over on the tarmac and all that kind of stuff. It was crazy. Um, I guess, I guess I, I th- one of the, the kind of things yeah, yeah. we had, we had a lot of com- uh, questions from about the fans was around the kind of um, the Blackpool playoff final. Obviously, that's a, the kind of memory that sticks in a lot of fans' minds. I think one of the questions yeah. we had was, obviously, you said you, you've made yourself indispensable and that was your aim. And I think someone asked us, um, I, I, I don't know how true this is, but there was the, the possibility of having an injection prior to the playoff final. And someone just said, because um, his name was Lee Crofts on Twitter, he said, as Jones's tactics were built around you, should should you have been a bit more upfront and said you couldn't have played the game, or was it just a kind of desire to play that game for you, really? Because obviously it was the pinnacle he, of the season. I mean, um, danger is danger is new. You know, I didn't even uh, you know when we went to penalties and everything, I, I pulled my calf. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't train any day leading up to the game. I think wow. I trained the day before, and that was it. I didn't train once, mm-hmm. and you know I, I was jogging and you know with um, Sean Connolly. Mm-hmm. Not out on the pitch, but I didn't train with a team one time. I was just, you know, it was kind of one. In, and you know, Dave Jones was like, "Listen, do do what you need to do." And he said to Sean, "You know, get getting ready for the final, you know, because you know he needs to turn up. I, you know, I I wanted to play, of course. You know, it's the biggest yeah. biggest game of the season, biggest game of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to play. You know, everyone wanted to play. You know, that's the kind of game you want to play. And you know, no one wants to go to a final if you can go." If, if I had a broken, if I had a broken toes, you know, I would have been happier with broken feet than a car yeah. muscle. And, you know, it was one of them ones where I actually remember the day before, I remember thinking, oh, I'm all right. You know, I've done a little bit of training with the team. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be all right now. I went down, to, we went down to London and, you know, I've done, I actually done the, the warm up properly, like game speed. So I was sprinting and I was thinking, right, I'm ready for this now. I felt good. Like, fit and everything and then my leg just went you know like at, at the time I remember thinking is, it, is this my Achilles because my leg my, my calf was all you know soft and it wasn't it wasn't moving right it was shaking and stuff and I couldn't mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah I couldn't I just couldn't put strength for it and it was one of them ones where I, I mean I mean I, a cripple can't stay on the pitch you know, yeah. what can I really do? So it's one of them ones, as much as I didn't want to come off, I had to. Because, yeah. you know, for me, I couldn't literally do anything. You know, there was plenty of games in the past where I've played at like, you know, 70%, you know, 60% mm-hmm. and got through games, scored goals and whatnot. But I literally couldn't move. It, I was in pain. Yeah. So it was one of them ones where I just had to, you know, make a tough decision and come off. But I think... When I look back at it, you know, we were still in good positions to actually win the game. As yeah, much we as were. a lot of play as much as a lot of play did go through me and I was one of the key players in that squad that year, you know, we still could have won the game. Um I think the thing that did let us down, if I look back at things, we did, we had a we had a really good like thirteen, fourteen players, but then after that it was, you know, we no disrespect to the other players, you know, but we was we was calling on youngsters that didn't yeah. really have any experience in the championship. 
and and asking them to go and do a job and you know when you're young it's difficult especially to play with that kind of pressure on your shoulders mm-hmm. um so you know it was i mean it's the most disappointing you know game of my life obviously but you know i think them kind of games you need a bit of luck and you know that day we didn't we didn't get the luck we needed no, and I guess another someone else, uh, Ruth Jenkins, asked on Twitter again was do you, to your point about everything going through you. Do you think the team did rely too heavily on you? There, I think one of the criticisms there always was of Dave Jones that there wasn't really a plan B. It always seemed to be that we had a set way of playing, and if that didn't work, we, we struggled a little bit. Is that something that you recognise? Or no, I could. I think you know. I think in any system, you know, with any manager, you know, you have a play, you have a way of playing, mm-hmm. and you're going to play that way most of the time. Of course, yeah. um, you know it's not. It's not like you play like three, four, five different formations in a season, and it's mm-hmm. successful. Normally, you you have one formation, um, and you stick to it. And I think the best teams, you know, the teams that don't really get injured. I mean, look at Liverpool. They're they're fortunate that they haven't really got many bad injuries or long term yeah. injuries. And you know, when they have got the injuries, they've got times where you know you can recover. Or they, it's not really important games. Yeah. As in, not important games again. You know, they're not playing against Man City when they're not fully fit. You know, they they can play against other teams and win games. You know, but you know when they play against the big teams, they need everyone fit, and that's what they have. But I don't. I wouldn't say you know the team relied on me that much. I just think I was uh, a key player, just like you know someone like Wits was. You know, yeah, Bellas. You know, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was any more of a key player than anyone else. Um, I think my role was a bit different and, you know, I was probably the person that could do my role the best, but I don't think I was any, you know, I don't think I was heavily relied on in that respect. Move on to some happier memories maybe, but um, you got your first and only England cap when playing with us. Tell us about how you found out about that and how did you know it was coming? To be honest, I didn't, I didn't, you know, obviously it was in the newspaper a while, wasn't it? And, you know, there was bits and bobs and, I remember Dave Jones mentioned. I think Dave Jones got it started really, and you know I was on I was on form, like real good form. I think I scored like fifteen and sixteen or something like that. I can't remember, but I was on good form. And you know he said like this boy's got the quality to to play for England. He's got that ability. And you know for me, I'm I've always been confident in myself, and I know that I've got that ability. But for for me, especially in my younger years, I, I underachieved because I took my eye off the ball. Um, and I had the wrong attitude and, you know, I, I blamed people a bit too much and, you know, I didn't take responsibility for my own actions. But um, he was right, you know, I, I did have the ability to play at the highest level um, and play at a high level. Um, but he kind of, he mentioned it to me, but I remember there was a home game and he came to me in the dressing room and the gaffer didn't really come in the dressing room that much until he was giving his speech. He just sat in another room. And anyway, he came in before the game and he came up to me and was like, listen, no pressure, but um, Franco Baldini's here. It's like um, Capello's right-hand man. <laughs> and I was like, are you for real? And he was like, yeah, yeah. He said, but listen, just go and play your game. Don't even worry about it. Like, it'll be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. So obviously, once he said that to me now, now it's in my mind. Yeah. You know, go out and give it a wave. All right, Franco. Yeah. I can't even remember what the score was in that game or what I played. I think I did score though, but I mean, that was when it kind of, started really fast from then mm-hmm. and you know there was a few games afterwards where he was at the stadium watching me um and then i remember we we played uh 
Scunthorpe away. And it was the time that, um, what was his name? David Hay was fighting uh, Audley Harrison as well. So like oh, we, yeah. organ- we organized a big night out like after the Scunthorpe game to go out afterwards in Manchester. So I wasn't really, as much as like, yeah, it was in the back of my mind and I was thinking, you know, I hope I can get in, in the squad, you know, because I was in the preliminary squad. So mm. I was thinking, I hope I can get in the squad. You know, um, I was thinking about my night out in Manchester. With the boys, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just winning the game. Um, and I, I remember like, we, we, I think we beat them 4-2 or something like that. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think I scored two goals. And I can't remember the other goal, but I scored two. And I remember thinking after the game, well, like, I've got a real opportunity to get into this squad now because, you know, I've, this is the last game that, you know, he's going to watch before they actually select the squad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we was in the fight, we was at a fight, watching the fight, and I was thinking, man, I'm probably not in the squad because, like, well, I don't know what time the fight starts, but I think it's probably about 9.30 or something like that. And I was thinking, I ain't got a message, I haven't got a call, the squad ain't been in it. I was thinking, I'm probably not in it like that. And then, you know, I, I got a text message that says, you know, meet up at the Grove tomorrow, you're in the, you're in the squad. And I was like, I, st- I remember stood up and I was like, I kind of cheered, I cheered out loud and, you know, people must have thought I was cheering for the fight or whatnot. You know, the fight only lasted, I think, around. And then we was, we was out in the club and I was thinking, I can't, you know, I can't go too crazy here. And, um, you know, that's how it kind of, that's how it come about. And then obviously I met up with the squad and, you know, it was a fantastic experience. Um, obviously it was the best experience of my, li- of my life, you know, playing for my country is, you know, is, you know, you dream of that when you're a kid. When you joined up with the squad, did you feel you had a bit more pressure on you coming from like a championship team? Did you feel like you had something to prove to the others? Actually, I did. I got asked that question before. Actually, I didn't. I didn't have any pressure. I didn't feel like anything, to be honest. I just felt like I want to go and prove myself to these guys mm. now. Because I felt like I was doing really well in the championship. I thought, you know what? These, these are some of the best players in the Premier League now. I want to go and kind of test myself against these and see the difference. Um, I got welcome. But they didn't question nothing. It wasn't a case of like, no, don't give him the ball, he's probably not that good and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, you know, you're you know, you're you're part of the squad now. You're good enough. That's why you're here. And, you know, so like when we were training and everything, um, you know, I was just like wanting to prove myself, you know, I was playing against like Rio and, you know, Julian Lescott and these kind of players and I was just thinking that I wanna go and I wanna go and prove myself and see how it is at the highest level. Um but what people don't really understand that that period there actually Leading up to the squad, I was getting like painkiller injections in my Achilles. I mean, in my heel, I had bursitis in my heel. So like, I was getting painkiller injections just to train every day when I was with the squad. Wow, that's how much I wanted to be there. And then <laughs> yeah. when I came back as well, I was having painkiller injections. Um, so I was going for a, a bit of a break. And I was even cutting holes in my shoes on my heel. I was cutting holes out my boots to like try and make it more comfortable, just so I could play. Um, but it, it was a fantastic feeling, you know. I was just I was happy to be there and then obviously to get the call to come on I think for like you know twenty minutes or whatever it was you know it was it was a dream come true and my family was there to see it my son was there to see it and you know it was the best day of my career. Probably the only um, England match that any Cardiff fans have really watched with with any interest really. I mean I remember <laughs> yeah. going to the pub I remember going to the pub to watch it yeah like we've got to watch it Jay's gonna play. <laughs> yeah no it was it was great man and I, like the fan I've, I've always had a great repertoire with the fans you know the fans were fantastic with me you know. Even me being around town, going out, you know, I've, I never had a, you know, never had no bad experience with any fans. Um, yeah. You know, even when there was bad results, when there was good results, you know, I've always been, you know, 
I always had the the fans in high esteem, and I think they held me in the, the same. Yeah, I think I think when we put the call out that we were doing the podcast with you, we obviously had we had so many questions and so many people interested in what in what you had to say. So I think we've got some fan questions we'll get to in a little bit. We're trying to pepper them through. So I think um, let me go back to the next question. So I think obviously that that England call up was in was in your last season with us, and that was your kind of best season in terms of goal return for us. And I think it, it comes back to the point at the start when you said about Mick McCarthy and all that kind of stuff. Do you think? Dave Jones got the best out of you. Was he a good manager for you in terms of letting you do what you wanted, playing you in the right way? <laughs> everyone, you know what the thing is? Everyone always says this: he let you do what you want. Oh, you know, it chops. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, no, we to got be a question honest, about that be, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he he did get the best out of me, to be honest. But you know, I he, he couldn't have got the best out of me if I didn't apply myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I, I applied myself. I went training every day. I went hard every day. Um, and I wanted to be there. I loved, you know, I, I fell in love, you know, I fell in love with the club. You know, I loved David Jones. I'd run for a brick wall for him. You know, my teammates, I got on really well with my teammates. You know, we done a lot together. We used to go out and have a yeah. few beers together. We used to meet up with, a, you know, our wives and whatever, go for dinners. We was really, really close, like on and off the field. And I think that's what, you know, helped me um, have success. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... You know, it's not just Jay Jones, you know, Wilco, Alan Armstrong, Terry Burton, you know, Sean Connolly. You know, the whole group was really close and it was it was a it was a great atmosphere and a great time to be at that club. Do you think there's there's somewhat of a a, a misconception around because I think you, you made the point that you, you were trained every day and you worked really hard, but I think there's there's sometimes people thought that certain players, and I think you you've always mentioned that kind of you maybe were a bit less willing to run than other players, should we say. Do you think that was something that you, you saw or is that is that unfair? I don't want to come know, across as offensive. I don't know about less <laughs> willing to run, you know. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to... I mean, we, the euphemism for lazy, perhaps. No, I mean, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I, I definitely didn't think I was lazy. Um, I mean, how can you be lazy and, you know, score the goals I've scored and be successful? I mean, I don't... That don't add up to me. But no. I mean, they were, yeah, I mean, Chops was on, he was on antics for a period, you know, obviously <laughs> he had his gambling problems and whatnot. And, you know, he was going to Newcastle a lot, like going up there on, after training on a Tuesday, coming back Thursday morning and then after the game on the Saturday, depending on if we had a game the week, midweek afterwards, he'll probably go back to Newcastle again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I came to Cardiff, one of the things Dave Jones did say, he said, listen, if you're performing on a weekend, I'm not going to have a problem with what you do during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you don't perform on the weekend, I'm going to come down on you like a pile of bricks. Yeah. And, you know, the way I look at things is there's no player that gets treated the same in any club, you know, but everyone got treated fairly. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know, it's just normal. You don't treat everyone the same. It's just not going to happen that way. You might like players more than you like someone else you know that's yeah. just the, that's just life you know so to say that you know we got treated differently yeah maybe we did get treated differently but everyone got treated fairly and that was the main thing for me yeah. you know um you know for example you know like uh, if we had a midweek we if we had a midweek game i, I used to go out to revs on a, on a wednesday night because mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i couldn't sleep after games i went out you know yeah um, I w- I'm not a big drinker, but I went out, I listened to music and I was there, you know, I was with, there with fans, I always spoke to fans, I had a good repertoire of them, but I came in on Thursday, I trained hard, Friday I trained hard, and Saturday I went out and performed again, so for me, it was working for me, it wasn't like I was doing that and I was performing poorly, Yeah. so no one can really say to me, 
that you didn't apply yourself and you didn't work hard because I did, you know, and you know, that's the reason why I did have that success. It's not luck. You know, you have to do, you have to work hard and apply yourself in order to get success. And, you know, I did that and, you know, I helped the team perform, but I mean, there are players that, did put in a real shift, but that was their game. Like people like Gavin Ray, he, he was underrated, but he yeah. was fantastic for us. You know, he was a machine in midfield. You know, he, he was our, he, he put in tackle. You know, we had uh, Maka. Maka was blessed with vision, technique. He could see a pass. Yeah, but you had someone like Gavin there that would just put a real shift in, run around, close down, put tackles in, and then Do give it to the work. players. And we played. Everyone knew their role. That was, a, that was the reason why we were successful, you know. And, you know, that's what he did. He broke up play, gave it to Maka. Maka found Wits. Wits found me. You know, that's why we were successful, because yeah. we all knew our role. Of course, you know, you can't have... If you had, a, you know, 11 Gavin Rays or, I don't know, 11 Roger Johnsons or whatever, you know, you're not going to be successful. Ever. I guess that, that, that leads to a fan question. I think a few people uh, mentioned that, that John Parkin made those comments about... Um, the kind of players being treated differently and is I, I suppose the the fans are just asked what, what your opinion on John Parkin's comments were because he said that obviously he highlighted people like Chopra going to Newcastle and then that other players are being treated badly but it doesn't sound like that was something that you saw it was everyone was treated relatively fairly I mean uh, to be honest I don't, I, don't, I don't I don't remember much of you know Parkin until you mentioned to be honest until you mentioned it to me in this thing and sent me the article I didn't know anything about it um, you know, I don't really pay attention to what people can say. Everyone's got their own opinions, and that's, yeah. that's fine. You know, they they see this. You know, he he maybe that's what he thought, and that was his opinion. But you know, in my eyes, I'm performing. Yeah. You know, Chops was performing. You know, so what are you going to do? You know, you're going to take him out of the team because you know he might drive to Newcastle. Okay, he drive to Newcastle. He came back, but he's still performing. Yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't know what he expects, you know. And you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. I can just go based upon what I see. You know, if John Parkin said that I was lazy and not working hard in training or anything like that, you know, I can only respond and say, you know, John Parkin came to the club and he was about eighteen stone. Mm-hmm. You know. So he can't tell me I wasn't working hard. I was in shape. I was playing 90 minutes nearly every game. You know, I don't remember him playing any games. And that's not to, you know, I'm being honest. You know, he might look at things a certain way. But the way I look at things is I'm not there to make friends. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I was friends with probably, you know, 95% of my teammates and 95% of my teammates wouldn't say a bad word about me. You know, I'm not there. I wasn't there to make friends. You know, I respect people and the people I play with. But I'm there to I'm there to try and be successful. I'm there to try and win things. I'm there to try and help my team win, help the club be successful. And you know, for people to be pointing fingers, you know, and saying, "Oh, but this, but that," you know, for me, you know, you've always got to look at yourself in the mirror. And you know, at the end of the day, if you was one of the best forwards, you would be playing. It's that simple. You know, you're not going to be left on the bench. You're not going to be left out of squads and whatnot. And to, to be honest, I don't even know exactly what you said. I see a brief part, like you said, you sent me the article. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't really spend much time with Parky, if I'm honest. You know, I haven't got, I haven't really got a bad word to say about him. Um, I didn't really know too much about him, to be honest. I think he was, you know, there for the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really have nothing in common. You know, what am I going to talk about with him, you know? Yeah, I was just curious because obviously people you can't, people be lazy. Can't... you can't be lazy and you can't you know you can't be lazy 
and you can't you know, not give your all and, and get called up to the England squad. Well, no, exactly. It doesn't, exactly. It doesn't make sense, you know. So, no. I, you know, I can, I can understand what you were saying about chops because I remember there was a situation where Bellin said the same thing about chops, to be fair. Like he was going up and down a bit too much, and to be honest, he was. I think Chops knows that. Um, but, you know, he suddenly lived up north and... Okay. Um, yeah, we'll move away from, from Chops down. I think we've, we've, we haven't got that many questions there. We're coming up to kind of like the final stretch. Um, so I think obviously you, you left Cardiff and I think um, to go to QPR. Um, I, I guess the, the, some of the fans have asked kind of, was there an option to stay at Cardiff? Um, do you regret leaving when you did? Um, and, and was QPR kind of like a, did you regret that move at all? I regret leaving for sure because I, I really wanted to stay, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And as much as I really did want to stay, you know, that's why I really, really wanted promotion that year because if we had a good promotion, then I definitely would have stayed. You know, I would have signed mm -hmm. a new long term deal and I definitely would have stayed. Um, but obviously, at that point, because I got my England call up as well, I had aspirations of playing for England again. Yeah. So, you know, it's difficult to play for England in a championship where if you're performing in a premiership, then it's easier, you know, you're under the spotlight um, more. But yeah, I mean, I, I did find it difficult to leave. But I remember the, the uh, you know, I, I remember the chief executive, I think, was his name Giffen Jenkins or something? I don't know, something mm -hmm. like that. I think at the time, I remember... Um, you know, I was on I was on really good terms with everyone. Like, you know, and I remember after games, you know, the question was, "Are you going to sign a new deal? Are you going to mm -hmm. sign a new deal?" And you know, my 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 response was always the same. And you can look back, you know, it was always, you know, I'm concentrating on my football. We'll speak about it at the yeah. end of the year. But obviously, I want to be here. Um, but at the moment, I'm taking each game as it comes, and I'm, I'm concentrating on that. And then I remember we got to December, the window opened, and I remember I got a few phone calls from Sunderland and and Newcastle and Everton, I think, something like that. And, you know, I mean, Dave Jones told me and I said, no, I want to stay here and, and, and play the season and hopefully mm -hmm. we can get promotion. But I remember, like, because I didn't sign my contract in that window, that Giffen tried to sell me. Oh, okay. And he was saying, yeah, he was telling teams, oh, if, if you give us two million, you can take him now and all this. So that, that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. Yeah, and imagine. that pissed me off because I was like, why are you trying to break up a team when we're trying to be successful? Why are yeah. you trying to like put, push me into a corner when you don't really, you don't really need to, you know, you know yeah. how I feel about the club. You know that I want to be here. I've been here for three years. Why, why would you try and, you know, kind of mess push up a happy home, so to speak? Yeah. So that, that, that kind of really annoyed me. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we didn't, we didn't finish great <laughs> that year. I mean, there was lots of stories in the paper about, you know, us having a night out and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be at Cardiff, man, and I'm, I'm so gutted that we didn't get promotion. Mm -hmm. um, I, and after the, when the season finished, you know, the, the Suns owner, you know, he came down to London a few times, took me out for dinner, and you know, he wanted to make me the highest paid player in the club's history and whatnot. And you know, like I said, as much as I want to earn money, you know. I probably could, if I wanted to really force it, I probably could have earned more money than I did in the Premiership at that yeah. time because I knew that I was indispensable. The club wanted me, the fans wanted me, my teammates wanted me to stay. I could have probably got that. I probably could have got more. But I, you know, I wanted to play in the Premier League. And as much as, you know, obviously I did earn a lot more money going to the Premier League with QPR, you know, money is important, but I just wanted to play 
and test myself at the highest level again. Yeah. And going to QPR, it, I mean, it was it, going to QPR. When I look back, you know, it was very, very difficult. You know, we had three or four managers, and you know, the two seasons that I was there, you know, players were in, players was out. There was a lot of um, unrest in the dressing room because players were coming in and then big money, and then mm-hmm. the players that got the team promoted wasn't wasn't on as much, and there was always arguments about that. Um, so it was very difficult, especially as a forward, to go and perform. Um, you know, when you when you're at limited chance, when you're playing for a bigger team, you know, where you've got the ball a lot more and you control games and whatnot, it's it's easier to, yeah. to perform than it is if you're struggling at the bottom. But again, you know, that's I guess that's me. You know, <laughs> given you know maybe a small excuses, but you know, it was it wasn't easy put it that way. <laughs> Uh, I just just to jump in quickly because you touched on that that kind of rumours about the night out. Uh, so I think there was there was one of the fan questions about it was I think it was prior to the Middlesbrough game where we lost at home. I mean, I, I, there was so many rumours going around. Is there is there any any kind of confirmation to those rumours, or is there anything that you would you would say about that now? Because I I, I don't think anyone really knows if if anything happened, let alone what happened. If that makes sense. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we 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 was out in the. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a big story here, Jake. <laughs> I mean, we a few players, a few players, went out in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like nothing crazy. We just went for lunch, and it was a nice. I remember it was a nice day in Cardiff. Yeah, we it was, was hot. Weekend. Sitting out in yeah, and we were sitting out. We were sitting out in 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 like a restaurant kind of bar that you know it serves food so we was mm-hmm. there anyway sitting outside and you know you know some people had a few drinks and whatnot it was nothing crazy though it was not like we was on a laugh like all day all night and you know going to a game it wasn't nothing like that and I think it just got blown up a bit, a bit out of proportion um but I remember I think I think there was a club do that same night or that same week okay yeah and and I, I don't think anyone wanted to go to it so I think we went out in the afternoon and that night we went to the club do club do and i think it you know a few players had a, a drink or two as well at the, at the club do but then obviously we went we went out on saturday and got hammered um and i think that's why you know people that did see the players out you know would would say something um and you know i, I think it got blown out of proportion to be honest i don't think it was like that mad you know no one no one had a hangover. No one was crazy drunk. No one was yeah. like that. It was just more of, you know, I think, I think fans got the wrong end of the stick because they was hurt that we we lost that game in that manner. Yeah, I think and, I think for, we felt we could have probably done better. I think that's what it feels like from you know as <clears throat> as fans, if you will, our perspective that it kind of just it spiraled out of control. It was a small rumor that just got worse and worse and worse because the fans were annoyed that we lost. So it's just yeah, curious. I don't think it wasn't like that at all. It was it wasn't like anything crazy. I think we just went out for lunch and then from the lunch we went to the to this club do and you know a few players had a few you know it was nothing crazy like i said you know people might have had a beer here and there in the afternoon and then you know had a beer at night but it wasn't like no no one was hammered at the do no one went out and got hammered that night mm-hmm. um it, it, things like this happened throughout the whole season for the, the whole time of course, I was there. Yeah. yeah and and like i said it was like it, because we lost obviously it got highlighted but you know, previous games and, you know, we we was going out a lot, you know, the, the season, you know, 
promotion, you know, the, the last season, we were going out quite a lot. Even the first season, we were going out Wednesday. Like I said, Revs. Revs was resident. Yeah. I was going to Revs nearly every Wednesday. <laughs> you know, especially, you know, being alone in, in town and stuff, you know, I was going out Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. But like I said, I wasn't a big drinker. But, you know, again, it was kind of like, if it was working for you and you was performing, then the boss wouldn't say nothing. But I remember after that game in particular, Dave Jones went crazy. He, he, he hammered us. We was in the next day watching the video. You know, there was a big inquest in the changing room and whatnot. And, you know, it, it wasn't good for us, you know. No. Um, in hindsight, we probably shouldn't have gone out during the day. And But like I said, it was nothing how it got put. It was nothing crazy. It was nothing how it got portrayed. But, you know, if you say to me, could you have prepared better for that game? Then, yeah. You've uh, never shied away from, like, moves abroad and big decisions in your career. Is there anything you look back on that you would have changed if you could do it again? Yes, obviously staying at Cardiff. Uh, that, would have been, that would have been really good because I think this was the season after Cardiff got promotion anyway. Uh, two seasons yeah. after, yeah. yeah. After yeah. we went two to seasons. Red. Well, I would have been, I would have been under contract, and I would have been there, so I would have got promoted yeah. anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I would have loved to. Stay. Cardiff's one of them clubs, you know. I look at and I was, I wish I could have stayed there for, you know, as long as possible. But I think as a football player, you have aspirations, and yeah. you want to achieve things that you, you know, you've set out to in the beginning, and you know, I wanted to do that, and. Obviously, me playing for England, um, and then and then obviously having all the interest from clubs during the season, um, it kind of made me want to do that. Um, and that, the reason I think the biggest one of the biggest reasons is, and no one really, I mean, the players might know this, and obviously Dave Jones definitely does. But you know, after I got my England call up, there was a few international breaks afterwards, and Stuart, Stuart Pearce come to watch me in training, and you know, some of the um, Capello staff come to watch me. But I. I, I was injured. I was injured and I missed out on squads because of my injuries. Um, so I was a bit unlucky in that respect. Um, and, you know, like I said, your football career is about luck as well as, as you know, you need that bit of luck when you're trying to do these things. And then that moment, I had a great season, but then at the back end of it, I got a bit unlucky with injuries and I missed out on squads. You know, otherwise, yeah. you know, I could have probably been in potential other, other squads, but, you know, it wasn't to be. Do you have a particular favourite memory of being at Cardiff? And, you know, you said you were a close-knit group and it's some of the best football I've personally seen as a Cardiff fan. But is there anything that sticks out for you? I mean, there's not one time. We just had a lot of good times. We had a lot of good Christmas parties. Um, like, you know, going to went to Dublin after one. You know, we, we had a, a, a really... A, that group there was like, you know, I kind of look at it like when I was growing up at Arsenal, like, the teammates I had at Arsenal are like friends. Ninety-five percent mm-hmm. of my teammates at Cardiff are people that I would call friends. Like we had, I was there for three years. We were close. We went out. We went out for beers. We went out with our wives and whatnot. And I would say that I'm close to them. And you know, we got, we got, uh, you know, we speak on on Twitter a lot. You know, I speak with Kev. Yeah. Um, Gavin. You know, I speak with some of the players. You know, still to this day. Um, and I think. You know, there's not one in particular moment I can pick out. There was just so many good memories that we had on and off the field. And I think that's why we was, you know, successful and we got better and better each year. But, you know, we just seemed to fail at, fail at the last hurdle. 
I guess one of the players we always think about during that time is is Peter Whittingham, and obviously um, you've mentioned that he was he was obviously incredible to play with. But like, just I think what we what we've been trying to find out is just like what was he like really as a person? Because I think we've heard you know it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's he, he, I've heard he's just so laid back, and obviously now you know with the the, the really sad news, it's just awful yeah. to kind of look I back. I mean, he was he was very laid back, very laid back character, like. Obviously, he was, you know, I really like playing. He's one of them players that, you know, he gets the ball. Maka was the same. Like, he gets the ball. They get the ball. And, you know, when you make good runs, they're going to find you with it. Yeah. Um, which was one of those players. And, you know, he, he, he started out wide, obviously. He got to a stage where he didn't really have the pace to play in a wide position. And he came into midfield. And then, he, I mean, coming into midfield, he kind of made it his own. You know, mm. he kind of made... It, all of a sudden, there was a lot of competition in midfield. You know, Gavin Ray was there. Obviously, Wits was there. Maka was there. Um, I think Aaron Ramsey come on loan. He was in there. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of players that were trying to compete for two spots. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was fantastic. I'm so sad about it, even when I think about it now. But, I mean, he was yeah. fantastic to play with. Um, and, it, yeah, he was very laid back. But he was one of those people that he was kind of witty. He'd say a joke with a straight face. But it was funny. But it, it, you'd think he's serious. And then it kind of yeah. burst, burst into laughter afterwards. You know, that kind of yeah, yeah. But he had his own kind of dry sense of humour. But he was he's a lovely guy. And, you know, obviously we all miss him. And, you know, it's sad that, you know, he went in these circumstances. Um, but he was fantastic to play with. I mean, he scored goals. He was great. He got assists. You know, he, he worked hard. You know, he, yeah. he, he he changed his game from being a wide player to being a central midfield player. And, you know, he was, you know, I think that was obviously me. Probably, you know, if I, when I think about it, it's probably me and him that were probably playing week in, week out. Because when, yeah. when Bellas come, Chops went on the bench. Um, you know, Ross McCormack was playing week in, week out the first season. And when Chops come, um, Ross went on the bench. Yeah. So we was probably... The, the mainstays. Yeah, the ever the ever present two that kind of played regularly. I think everyone else kind of got rotated, but you know he was fantastic. But I think everyone, like I said, everyone played their role. Um, and you know, like I said, I don't think anyone was more valuable than anyone else. But everyone had their role. Everyone played their position. Everyone understood and knew what they was good at. Mm-hmm. And you know that that was that was why we was kind of you know had successful seasons. I guess we were down to the last question now, and I think it was only fair that we gave you a, a right of reply to Kev McNaughton's um, Call of Duty comments. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it sounds like Jay. It sounds like you were you would get your successes and run away from the the games. But I mean, I'm I'm happy to put, the, put the record straight. It wasn't that. that obviously, the missus called me, said to me, "It's dinner time." Obviously, I went off the game to have dinner, <laughs> and then I'd come back. But when I came back, he was going to bed. Like I was on, you know, we was we was doing celebrations and. And when we scored goals about Call of Duty, I remember like chopping oh, really? like that on one of the celebrations. Yeah, we was all playing. Like we used to literally go on this game. Uh, we used to get home. I, I used to before I leave training, I said we're going on at two or something like that. So we get on there <laughs> at two, and then we'd literally be on there all day, all night. And there'd be like we'd play that like, this private match, and we'd have like about fifteen people in there. In the end, like the players were coming from other clubs. <laughs> um, into our private game. Heard about your games. Uh, yeah, so like we, it was it was great banter, you know. I think in my house, like I had three playstations, three different TVs. I had my friend and my son, and there was me, all playing in this one room. And you know, wow. the, obviously there was Kev, there was Chops, there was Gav, um, yeah. Wits was there. To be fair, if I'm being honest, like I think Kev was the, Kev was probably the best. 
but knowing Kev, he put in some serious hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was up there. I was up there for sure. But I think, yeah, Kev's probably right. I let him have this one. All right. That's a good way to leave it. Jay, that was, yeah. that was a pleasure, mate. I really enjoyed that. No, no, it was good speaking to you guys too, man. Yeah, I mean, like I, for me and Tom, I think we you were one of the the, the kind of best players showing up here. So it's just you know it's a bit of an honour to speak to you in that sense. So thank you. No, it was, it, I mean, like I said, it, I had a fantastic time there. Um, you know, you know the fact that the fans and you know people hold me with that legendary status at the club. You know, there was there has been a lot of other players that have have been mm. at the club, but you know, a lot longer than me. For, so for me to be mentioned in that kind of group of you know legendary players, you know, is a it's an honour for me. Um, you know, Ricardo's been blessed with a lot of good forwards. So when I get mentioned in that kind of conversation, you know, I'm happy. But I'm happy that, you know, I could give Cardiff, you know, s- um, smiles. You know, the fans, we've got good memories. Um, you know, it was a great time to be there. I really enjoyed it. You know, we've done a lot together on and off the field. Um, but it was, a, it was a fantastic time for me of course coming from you know a shit situation at Wolves mm. you know and then kind of building myself up and you know the club growing as well it's been it was fantastic the view from the Ninia. right I suppose all that's left to say is uh, once again thanks to Jay Bothroyd for joining us all the way from Japan for that interview of taking time out of this schedule to speak to us um I you know I really enjoyed it I think we got some really good insight into the kind of behind the scenes and everything that was going on at Cardiff at the time and some of the more contentious moments um of his career that uh, you know and his time at Cardiff. So if you've got any thoughts, any follow-ups to that, find us on Twitter. That's at VFT Ninian, at VFT Ninian, and, and get in touch and let us know what you thought. Tom, what did you think? Fantastic, really. Just love the little insights into like the England call-up and things like that. Like, yeah. you, you think it's would be a lot more organised than sitting in the box and waiting for your phone to go off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, I think that's just a fantastic kind of, you know, how how normal being a footballer is half the time, really. You go to boxing with your mates and then all of a sudden you get called up to be in, uh, in the England squad. It's kind of like this normal life uh, diametrically opposed to the, the realities. Could you imagine the scenes when you get called up for England, like sitting in the boxing? Well, how would you react if you got called up for Wales for anything? I'd cry for days. Yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. know what I'd get called up for. <laughs> Podcasting? Is that Podcasting, a thing? Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're going to the National off. Podcasting Championship. Yeah, you know, I'm quite far off a call up of this current standard, but you know, I can work towards it. Yeah. But no, it's just mad, like, yeah, hearing little things like that. And the fact that he loved Revs on a Wednesday. We all loved Revs on a Wednesday. Like, yeah, it's the same here. I was in Revs constantly on a Wednesday at that time. So maybe, shotgun uh, rules, wasn't it? Yeah, shotgun rules. And he'd always get, what, like a shot stick for like 10 quid or something, what it was. Anyway, um, remember, we've still got the offer with Beer52 on. So if you go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN, you can get yourself a, a free box of beer for just for postage, five ninety five. And Tom, was there anything else that you wanted to add before we sign off? No, just looking forward to doing another podcast with, with the season starting now. When Getting the into a bit of football. Starting. Exactly. Yeah. How much, I mean, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. We've, we've basically had a pre-season amount of time between our last game and what will be our next game, which is potentially June the 20th. You usually have a sort of three-month window for pre-season. So it's kind of, it's like we've had a, 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 say a mini pre-season, a bonus pre-season, but no, no one wanted. Well, i got to learn the squad again now. So. Exactly. Who, who's your favourite player? Is it Jay Bothroyd still? Uh, probably number four. Um, no, I'm just really looking forward to getting back to it now. All right. All right. Well, 
Yeah, we'll leave it there and we'll be back next week with a preview of the remainder of the season. Thanks for joining once again. See you next time.